0: So it's thinking, you know, physical pain is a God-given alert that there's something wrong with our body, right? Uh, thank God for pain. Otherwise, uh, if you had leprosy, for example, uh, one of the things that makes leprosy so dangerous is that you don't feel pain, and so you keep hurting yourself unaware. Well, depression is a God-given alert that something's wrong with our spirit. And so when we're depressed, God is uh, prompting us, to do some uh, examination, some spirit examination, and find out what's going wrong so we can make adjustments and become healthy again. And so this seven-week series, we've talked about different uh, things that can go wrong in our spirit. And today, we're going to talk about uh, loss. And uh, Roy Fairchild says that uh, loss is the most consistent theme in the study of depression. So you, you study up on depression, and you're going to keep encountering uh, the theme of loss underneath depression. And why is that? Well, it's because um, much depression comes from people failing to properly process their loss. And if you fail to properly process your loss, you get stuck, and um, depression can result. So let's talk about some loss types of loss that we experience. Uh, It might be that uh, we don't get into the college of our choice, or we get cut from the team, or our boyfriend or girlfriend breaks up with us, or we get fired from our job, our marriage ends, our child gets put in jail, we lose our innocence through rape or incest, we come down with a serious illness or a disability. A dear friend or family member dies. We live in a broken world. And that brokenness intersects all of our lives. <clears throat> we all experience loss. In this room, uh, this room represents some significant loss. Uh, people have have lost some very, very important things. But if you don't process the loss properly, uh, it, you can get stuck. So, um, psychologists have identified sort of five stages of grief, and they have different names, but uh, stage number one is denial. Stage number two is anger turned outward. Stage number three is anger turned inward. Stage four is genuine grief, and stage five is resolution. Now, um, people don't necessarily march through these stages linearly, uh, or, or spend the same amount of time in each stage, or even necessarily um, go through every stage. The, the, uh, this is just kind of common experience. People who process grief in a healthy way tend to go through these stages. The problem comes if you get bogged down in one of these stages, especially stage two and three, anger. Turned outward or anger turned inward. If uh, When you experience loss, uh, inevitably you, you will be um, having to grapple with some anger. And if you don't process that anger in a proper way, you can get stuck emotionally. And so a whole lot of depression uh, actually uh, results from <coughs> anger not fully processed. Uh, Frank Minnerth and Paul Meyer, uh, I've talked about them before, the Minnerth and Meyer Clinic. Here's what they write. The root problem in nearly all depressions is pent-up anger. And that, that's a strong statement. The root problem in nearly all depressions is pent-up anger. Either towards ourselves, so that's anger turned inward, true or false guilt, or toward others, anger turned outward, holding grudges. Here's uh, Eugene Kennedy and uh, Dr. Sarah Charles. No matter how quiet and subdued the depressive person may be, anger is almost always churning not far beneath the surface. No matter how quiet and subdued the depressive person may be, anger is almost always churning not far beneath the surface why they've experienced a loss and then they've gotten stuck in the grieving process in particular with how do i how do i deal with the anger i have toward someone else or towards myself because i i blame for my loss how do I, and if you don't process that anger in a healthy way you can get stuck emotionally and become depressed And so, how do we, uh, here's what I really want to talk about today, is how do we process anger in a healthy way? How do we process anger uh, in such a way that we get unstuck emotionally and can break out of this depression? And that's when we turn to the Bible, because God tells us how to deal with anger, and it's called forgiveness. So turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. Verse 12, I'm going to just uh, spend some time, walk through some scriptures uh, that talk about forgiveness, which is the key to processing our anger. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, here's Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. Many of us have memorized this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is a brilliant prayer. Well, obviously it came from Jesus. Uh, but you think, he's, he's telling us, um, whenever, we, whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer, you can't help but be confronted with uh, the question, have I forgiven other people the way I want to be forgiven? Am I receiving? Jesus uh, teaches us that we are to have a rhythm of life in which we are breathing in God's forgiveness for our sins and breathing out forgiveness for others, to others, for their sins against us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our others. And God commands that uh, because he knows that that's what makes us healthy. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. The apostle Peter uh, probably was irritated by another one of the apostles, maybe John. And so he comes to Jesus and he said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, thinking he's being magnanimous. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. In other words, there's no limit. There's no uh, no end to forgiving. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. I'm going to start in 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. There's the, uh, the example. God has forgiven you, now you forgive others. Colossians chapter three, verse thirteen Start in twelve. Put on then as God's holy ones. Chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Hebrews 12, 14 and 15. Strive for peace with everyone, and and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. No root of bitterness. And then finally, Matthew six fourteen, Jesus puts it very starkly. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive. Forgive your trespasses. That's pretty stark, isn't it? Forgiveness is not optional. Do you want to be forgiven? Then you must forgive. Jesus is very, very clear on that. You cannot receive God's forgiveness if you're not willing to extend forgiveness to those who have hurt you. Forgiveness is the key uh, to finding freedom from your anger. Let me take a moment and talk about uh, anger, talk a little bit about anger, uh, outward anger, and then inward anger. We're going to have red uh, symbolize outward anger. So what is anger turned outward? Well, the fact is, much of uh, oftentimes the loss in our life is due to some other person failing us, sinning against us, harming us, right? Um, you get cut from the sports team. Well, maybe, uh, maybe your coach didn't properly appraise your skill set or your potential, right? You lose your innocence. Well, your, your, your neighbor took that from you. You have experienced a significant loss caused by somebody else. You get fired all of a sudden, you know your family's security seems at risk, and uh, somebody else made that decision, right? And so often loss in our life is a result of other people um, har- doing something that harms us, at least in in our perspective and And so of course, you're going to be angry. How do you process that? Well, if you forgive. If you forgive, then uh, it's going to be loud for me. Boom. When we forgive, it just deflates the power of that anger in our lives. And we we are set free. What's anger turned inward? Well, sometimes the loss in our life uh, is due to our own failings. Right? Uh, I didn't get into the college I wanted. Well, maybe... Maybe it's because I didn't study enough for the SAT. Should have studied, uh, followed my dad's advice more, right? And uh I got fired. Well, maybe it's because I wasn't showing up to work on time. Or uh my marriage fell apart and I blame myself because I think I could have been a better spouse. My child gets put in jail and I think I failed them. They're they're not walking with the Lord and I think ah I didn't set a good enough example. I didn't take them to church enough, and on and on it goes. And so we can we can be angry. We can be angry with ourselves, and when we when we receive God's forgiveness, here it comes again. It deflates uh, the power of that anger in our lives and sets us free. And so granting forgiveness to other people deflates uh, anger turned outward. Receiving God's forgiveness uh, deflates anger turned inward. Forgiveness is the key to freedom. April, let me tell you April's story. April was uh, came to counseling when she was 17. And she came to counseling because uh, she was having a hard time uh, functioning in life. Her her thoughts were becoming increasingly dominated with uh, uh, plans and for how to hurt her, uh, get back at her friend Julie. So here's what happened: um, April had dated this boy she was really uh, in love with, and then he breaks up with her, and her heart was just crushed. Months went by, and then. Her, what she thought was her good friend Julie starts dating her ex-boyfriend. Well, then she learns that Julie had spread rumors while she was dating the boy and uh, had told the boy that, she, that April was going to break up with him. And he wanted to save Faith and, uh, face and preempt her, and so he broke up with her. Well, when April got th- figured this all out, she was absolutely furious with Julie. And now the, 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 the relationship with Julie and the ex-boyfriend didn't last very long, but the anger, the, April's anger toward Julie did last. And it became increasingly consuming. And it got in the way of her uh, being able to function. She just, all she could think about was, how am I going to get back? How can I hurt Julie the way she's hurt me? And, and the only way she could move past that was to learn to forgive Extend forgiveness to her friend. Let me talk a, a, a moment about what forgiveness is not. Sometimes uh, we have a, um, an unbiblical understanding of forgiveness. Uh, first off, forgiveness is not reconciliation. Now, reconciliation is something uh, we are to pursue with people. God tells us to pursue reconciliation. But it takes two people to be reconciled. The other person has to own his or her uh, mistakes, and so you can forgive somebody who is still a threat to you, and and not be reconciled to them. Although we are to pursue reconciliation if, if if possible, as much as depends on you. The Bible says, "Live at peace with all men." Well, not everything depends on us, right? Uh, secondly, forgiveness is not condoning. When you say "I forgive," you're not saying what you did to me was okay or what I did was okay. Sometimes uh, I've encountered this quite a bit with people who have a hard time forgiving themselves. They can't they can't receive God's forgiveness. They can't uh, forgive themselves because they think that by doing so that they, they make light of what they've done wrong. But that's not true. Forgiveness is not condoning. Forgiveness is not forgetting. I mean, God's given us brains that, you know, we 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 remember what happened to us. Now, if you pers- if you reconcile with somebody, you can create new memories that are fond, and and uh, and so you stop relating to somebody in light of that uh, hurt, and that is something, you know, that's a that's a glorious thing. But yeah, you can't really forget. Forgiveness is not instant healing. Forgiveness is not instant healing. Uh, if, if your uh, spouse cheats on you, for example, you can forgive. You could pursue re- uh, reconciliation, but it might, ap- it might very well take time for the trust to be restored and for that sense of uh, emotional freedom to come back. And forgiveness is not finally, it's not a process It's a decision. We decide to forgive. And we decide it whether we feel like it or not. You don't have to feel like it to do it. So what is forgiveness? I love what Archibald uh, Hart says. Uh, Forgiveness is surrendering our need to hurt back. Let that sink in. Forgiveness is surrendering our need to hurt back. We experience loss, and that loss is due to our own failings or someone else's uh, sin against us. And we're hurting, and we want them to hurt too, right? And forgiveness is to relinquish that need to hurt back. Here's the way the Bible puts it, Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. God reserves for himself the right to uh, judge wickedness. And the Bible tells us that uh, every evil act will ultimately be judged. So it's not our business to uh, exact judgment. That's God's business. And we can can release into the capable hands of God our pain. And know that it will be uh, justly satisfied. Now... For those who are of us who are Christians, praise God uh, that the judgment for our sins falls upon the shoulders of our Lord Jesus Christ. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? We are all deserving uh, of the punishment of death. But Jesus, that's why Jesus went to the cross. He knew we could not bear the wrath of God poured out upon us for our own sin. So Jesus went to the cross and he hung. And he bled and he died so that we wouldn't have to. And so when we when we uh, give up the, our anger, what we're really doing is we are entrusting it to God. And for the, the Christian who has offended us, we're saying Jesus' death upon the cross is sufficient payment for my pain. Let me say that again. For the Christian who has hurt us, what we're really saying is, Jesus' death upon the cross is sufficient payment for my pain. And for the non-Christian who has hurt us, um, we just trust in 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 God's ultimate uh, just punishment for their sin. And so we release our need to hurt other people. And when we do that, we can move forward in freedom. We can move forward in freedom. Let me tell you the story of, uh, of uh, Janet Wortley. So Janet, she's married to John, and they have a son. His name is Mike. And Mike was brutally murdered by some drug dealers. He was stabbed 50 times. As you can imagine, this just uh, threw their lives into total chaos well then about uh the her husband john he did not process uh, that grief well and he became angry and bitter and it just leaked out and eventually uh, he just went into some very destructive behavior himself he abandoned janet and their family went sleeping around uh, became very unhealthy So here's how uh, Janet tried to forgive. Here's her own words. Forgiveness. How many times do I have to forgive? And how many people? Yes, I made a decision to forgive the boys that killed Mike, but John? That's her husband. John had pierced me through with the poison of his bitterness a million times in the last three years. He'd violated me, stomped on me, called me every name in the world, been with multiple women, divorced me, left me financially uncared for. How could I forgive? And so she had come to see Muriel Clark. And so what Muriel did is she said, I I want to take you through an exercise. Would you be willing to do this? A forgiveness exercise. So she, Janet, hesitantly said, okay, so she had her get down on the ground. And she said, I want you to imagine in front of you a giant wooden crate. And then uh, pick up, I want you to, and so she took her through a process. And she said, I want you to think about from the very first time you met John. And she walked her through kind of, they had met in high school and college and you know, dating and getting married and kids. and She walked her and said, I want you to, anything that, you remember about john having hurt you i want you to name that and then pick it up and put it inside the box and so it was a long process where she kind of walked through her relationship with john and she uh uh, imagined herself picking each of those hurts up and putting it into the box when she was all done amiria clark said all right i want you uh now to imagine you've got a lid you put a lid on the box and then you hammer nails into the top. So she did that. She said, now I want you to pick that box up. Or if it's too heavy, we're going to put a rope around it. You're going to drag it. And we're going to take it to the foot of the cross. So she went through that mental exercise. It was too heavy for her, so she had to pull it with a rope. And she put it at the foot of the cross. And she said, are you willing to leave it there? So she wrestled with that. Finally, yes, I'm willing to leave it. She said, all right, I want you to pray. Jesus, I am entrusting all of this pain to you. I Leave it at the foot of the cross. And I'm going to walk away uh, with a forgiving heart and free. Here's what she writes. Forgiveness brings freedom. Bitterness brings bondage. Making a choice to forgive is like opening a door. Freedom hinges on your choice to forgive. John was in bondage, a self-made prison. His inability to forgive our son's assailants, his unwillingness to forgive God, and his unwillingness to ask forgiveness for himself, combined with the guilt he was bearing, placed him in an unburdenable bondage. Giving all my hurts to Jesus was perhaps the most significant thing that had happened on my road to a life of freedom. That's what it looks like. We live in a broken world. We will experience loss. We have to grieve that loss. How do we process the anger? We've got to learn to breathe the forgiveness in and breathe the forgiveness out. And if we'll do that, we will be set free. And then, from this point forward... Let's uh, follow the scripture's advice not to let the sun go down upon our wrath, right? Keep short accounts. Don't let that that anger uh, get a hold of us and put us in bondage. I'm going to have Jason come up and uh, Jason's going to sing over us while we uh, process. And as he comes up, I want to make a couple more uh, final comments. One is... um, Sometimes, sometimes the hurt can uh is, is so far in the past that it can become buried. And so what do you do with that? Well, I think about David, and David said, Search me, O God. See if there's any wicked way in me, lead me into the way uh, uh everlasting. We the, the Spirit of the living God can reveal to us any anger that we're that has been un, you know, not processed. And so we can ask for him to reveal that. And if he does, let's deal with it. If not, don't worry about it. And then finally, uh, I haven't addressed it yet, but what if we are angry at God? As a fact of the matter is, uh, God is in control of the world. And so in, in some sense, everything that happens to us, he has allowed. What if your anger is at God? Well, God has never truly hurt us, so our anger at God is always misplaced. And uh, rather than forgiving God, we need to ask for uh, a proper perspective. We actually need to uh, repent of our anger toward God. And God is gracious, and he hears those prayers and he answers. And uh, in two more weeks, we're going to really... talk about this, this issue of um, how to reconcile a life that uh, often um, hurts and is broken with a God who loves us. But right now, if, if you wouldn't mind uh, bowing your head and closing your eyes, as Jason prays over us, um, it might be that uh, as I've been talking, uh, the you see in your, in your mind's eye the person with whom you're angry and that you are holding a grudge and you have a choice are you going to obey the God who knows how to have life to the full are you going to hang on to that anger and I encourage you to forgive might be that what you need to do is ask God to search you and see if there's any hidden anger and reveal that so that you can deal with it and find freedom And if your anger is toward God, uh, ask forgiveness for that anger and ask for him to help you see uh, his um, loving hand even in the midst of that pain.